Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Spartan Red Zone podcast. I'm Zach Sardenic, Nathan Stearns, not with us today. So I'm stepping in, filling in in the host mic alongside fellow beat member Aiden Champion and special guest today. You've heard him in the studio a couple times if you listen to our broadcast. Zach Slowick. Zach, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. I feel like Champion's outnumbered. We got two Zachs and then Champion. <laughs> well, it's great to have you, Zach. Thanks, guys. Slowick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, looking forward to it. All right, so we'll have to kind of fill you in a little bit on some of the structural things we do here. We'll put you on the spot with a couple of the things you got to pick, but knowing you, I'm sure you'll come up with something. I'm ready to roll. All right, so first, just to kind of jump right into it, Michigan State last week dropping its first game of the season, 40-29 to down in West Lafayette. That was a rough, rough game, to say the least. In honor of Nathan Stearns, I put some different descriptions that he might he might like uh, the defense was pretty much Swiss cheese for Michigan State. Not good. No, it wasn't, and that was pretty much anticipated. Um, you know, it was bound to happen uh, where their secondary would get exposed one of these weeks, and they wouldn't be able to find a way to win. It looked like a few times maybe they would, um, especially after the comeback against Michigan. Uh, going into the fourth, it's looking like, okay, maybe Michigan State has a chance to pull this off. They have another chance late in the fourth. But ultimately, I mean, Purdue had them figured out. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they, they torched that defense. That secondary looked lost. Um, Ronald Williams sat on the sideline for half half the game or over half the game. We didn't really we saw him one play in the first half. No explanation. I know Mel likes to be extremely secretive and not tell anybody what he's planning under or doing, but yeah. uh, no clue what was happening there. Yeah, Xavier Henderson said he was playing through a sore back, but Michigan State, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but the injuries really added up for the Spartans. My, I put on the dock, what happened to Matt Coglin? That's one thing I don't know, because some of those guys, like Jarrett Horst wasn't there. Naylor didn't travel. Matt Coglin was there. He was jumping up and down on the sidelines and just didn't participate. And I just was dumbfounded on why you're sending out a kicker. No offense to Steven Rushnak. Steven Rushnak is a good kicker. He's a Division I kicker. He will not be the kicker at Michigan State next year. The Spartans have a high-level kicker, I believe number three in the country, coming in next year. Uh, around there. Around there. The point is, and Matt Coglin is obviously, when he's healthy, going to be the kicker. If Matt Coglin was good enough, why did he travel? I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe he tweaked something in warm-ups. So that's what it sounded like, um, and that's what the people on ESPN, but the way they said it and the way I heard it almost sounded more like a guess. They didn't, yeah, they didn't know. Yeah, what? they had no clue. They were trying to figure out what was happening with all the guys that were there. They didn't get anything out of Tucker from them. No, and I mean, oh. even depth guys that were just banged up, like, Ian Stewart, like he didn't travel. Just he has a Thor, uh, like a sore hamstring or something, and he didn't travel. But I don't think he's played at all this season. No, though. he's dressed every game. But I don't think he's gotten on the field. He has not gotten offensively on the field. at all. I think he's had a couple special team snaps, but that's mm-hmm. it. Another interesting experience from this weekend, and Nathan Stearns isn't here to kind of talk about this with me. But calling a game from on press row is a very interesting experience because. So the way that Purdue's press box is set up, and Champ, obviously, you saw it, but Sloak wasn't down there. And so it's a giant press box. And there's got a few different booths. Well, they had radios in the booths. So they said, well, we've set up student radio here before. So we are like, okay, we're thinking maybe we're going to be separated from some stuff. We're in the top row of press row. There's four little rows with these tables on it, and the journalists work, and they do their writing. We're on the top row of that. So we are with all of the writers, all of the Michigan State beat and everything, and we're calling the game. And I just feel really bad because I'm like, they have to listen to every word we say. And there's nothing they can do about it. All these other listeners, if they don't want to listen to us, they can turn us off. These guys can't do that. They're trying to do their work, and they just have to listen to us. They were really nice about it, um, and we heard we got a lot of, heard a lot of good things about it. But it was just a very weird experience especially as Michigan State started to falter. But it's just not something that I loved. 
I'm not going to lie. It was it was not the most fun experience. No, it was definitely a challenge for you guys, but you guys were troopers. I mean, you both called a great game. Appreciate it. The call was great, I should say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we got a, we got a shout-out from Graham Couch, and I guess, um, you know, I, I don't... I don't know how you could have listened to it and not thought that uh, that it was a solid call. Thank but, you. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to call a game like that, but also easy to call a game like that because it's drops back, throws the ball, got some space, keeps on moving forward. <laughs> first down, Purdue. Yeah, it was uh, over it was... and over and over <laughs> and over again to the tune of 536 yards for was, Aiden O'Connell. It was definitely a repetitive uh, broadcast, but it was a very good broadcast. It was a fun one to work from in the studio. Um, Oh yeah, you were on the yeah. I was I, I, I was game. I, I was listening and uh, just hearing these guys try to figure out like, oh, can we get into one of these booths? No, we're gonna have to call it with forty different <laughs> writers yeah. staring at us or looking back every time we say something. And we had it was funny. I was talking to shout out MSU Athletic Communications first of all. They take great care of us. We're really grateful for everything we get from them. I was talking to Michigan State football SID Ben Flieger before the game. And we're just kind of talking. We like to talk to Ben and Zach and just kind of have a conversation with them at every game and just kind of check in and everything. And so we're talking to Ben. And at the end of it, we're just like, good luck. Have a good game and everything. And he's like, have a good call. I'll hear. I'm sure I'll hear every word of it. And I was like, yes, you will, Ben. Yes, you will. Sure. But one other thing I put here, we're going to get into this more later. I have a Nathan Stern style rant planned um, to shout out Stearns. Uh, the college football playoff rankings are a joke. That's the last I'll say on it for now. We can get into that in a minute. Moving more into our dedicated uh, MSU versus Purdue talk. MSU gives up 536 yards to Aiden O'Connell. If you had to pick one quarterback that Michigan State played this year, even so far, to have 536 yards, Aiden O'Connell might have been the last quarterback you would have picked. Especially because he wasn't even the starter to start the season at Purdue. It was Jack Plummer. Aiden O'Connell throws for 536 yards. That's the second most a Michigan State team has ever given up to a quarterback. You guys know the other one? Drew Brees. No. Ooh. I like to, I like, I do this to Stearns on the broadcast all the time. I turn random things into trivia. Got anything, champ? I, I don't. It was the Cotton Bowl in 2015, not the playoff Cotton Bowl in 2015. They played two Cotton Bowls in 2015 because it was January 1st and December 31st against Baylor. When they lost 42, or when they won 42 to 41, I believe the quarterback in that game was Bryce Petty. Huge crack block block at the end on that. That was the Tony Lippett game. That was the Tony Lippett game. <laughs> the okay. Tony Lippett block. Yeah. Um, it's the same story week after week. Was Bryce Petty. Just uh, these quarterbacks seem to have a field day against Michigan State and, um, you know, thought maybe. It'd be a different story after uh, after Cade McNamara had his probably his best game of the season, um, but uh, no, it's it's certainly a problem. Uh, it starts with the secondary, but also the uh, pass rush was not great in this game either. Mel seemed very much like he's going to be making some changes, and he's going to be very hands on in making those changes. From what I heard from his press conference, yeah, well, it's a, kind of a little too late. I mean, to an extent, this was a problem. Western Kentucky. <laughs> a loss wakes up a loss wakes you up real quick. It does. And but MSU, all the goals are in front of them. So they're gonna have to keep pushing. But I was I was still impressed. K9 continuing that Heisman campaign. He he seems to be the clear favorite at the moment. He's averaging just under 150 yards a game and almost two touchdowns a game. I mean, that's really, really impressive stuff from Walker. And even in this last game, he had such a bad game, just shy of 150 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and, and 103 rushing yards in the first half. Yeah, and MSU just completely forgot he existed in the second yeah, half. Yeah. But there were just so many. I mean, I wrote my next bullet point on here is what were they thinking? So to give background to anybody that wasn't watching this game, MSU's down 10 with about 10 minutes left. They're driving. And they have third and four from the Purdue 12-yard line. Michigan State on third and four runs a fade. Incomplete. Michigan State fourth and four. Come out and wildcat. Purdue calls timeout. Michigan State comes back out. Give you one guess what they run. 
another fade. You have the best running back in college football, averaging over five yards a carry. You have two downs to get four yards. And you don't hand him the ball at all? You run back-to-back fades? I mean, the fade is just such a low percentage play. And you're trying to run it again and again, and you just, you didn't give him any touches. He had five carries in the second half. It it would be different if they were throwing it up to, I mean, man, do I love Jaden Reed. But we saw it on the two-point conversion. You're going to throw the ball. Look for somebody who has a 6-6 frame. Malik Carr. Yeah. He had a good game. He had a great game against his former team. But if you're going to throw, all right, you want to take a shot to him, whatever. In my opinion, you run on third down if you don't get it. Obviously, if you're close, you you run it again. And if you're not, you throw it. And you look for either read on a crossing route or a a route that he can run right past the defensive back. Or you throw it up to one of your gigantic tight ends like Malik Carr, who's also going to be found on our basketball team here come the end of football season. I will say this. MSU did not play their best game, but Purdue just kept punching. Wow. Report coming out right now. Um, According to 97 won the ticket Enrico Beard. Mel Tucker is signing a long-term extension with MSU. I you scared me for a second. Yeah, for you, Ryan Day money. You is the quote. You terrified me there for a second. <laughs> he said I have the quote attack. says I have sources who said it appears that Mel Tucker is going to be getting a contract extension with money around 6.8 to 7.8 million per year with bonuses that could take him even higher. He says it's unconfirmed, though. So you guys could be listening to this, and Mel Tucker could announce tomorrow that he's going to LSU, and we all just sound like dummies. So I will. I attributed my source, and I added their quote. But that is the news that's coming out as we're recording this. Well, I will say I heard on multiple different sources that no matter what LSU offered him, pretty much Michigan State and the alumni of Michigan State were willing to match well, it. And- Up to $10 million a year. And he got the AD he wanted. His friends with Alan Haller. And And he coached. He's close to his home. He's from Ohio. And he coached. uh, I believe he coached Haller's team when Haller was here. He He started his career here at Michigan State. As a grad coach. He is in a spot where he's already got them with a high-level recruiting pedigree at this point. And people don't talk about this as much until they have started to more recently now that Michigan State's had success. Georgia has the best defense in college football, by far. Without a doubt. All of those players are guys that Tucker recruited. Yeah. Because Tucker was the D coordinator at Georgia at that time. And so I think that that's a good thing. I know we got completely off track of what we were talking about here, but that's a pretty big yeah. pretty big news if it's if it does end up happening that way. Um, but, yeah. I mean, Champ, any thoughts before we get back to our on-topic here? No. Um, just, I mean, I I think we all kind of, expected it um i mean obviously it it was something that has been looming around east lansing for quite a few weeks i think it, the reports had first start coming out right before michigan um but i personally i i uh i never was in doubt but uh but uh that's that's good news for the spartan faithful yeah and i'll, I'll kind of bring us back to what we were talking about with this one the only person in the country who might have a better or an equal chance in my eyes to win the Heisman, Mel Tucker also recruited. Can you guess that name? Wait, say that one more time. All right. So I got lost. The only other person who can win the Heisman in my eyes who has equal chances than Kenneth Walker, he's also a recruit from Mel Tucker. I feel like I'm going to disagree as to the other person who could win the Heisman still. So who I think should yeah. win the Heisman? It's a it's a complete opinion. It, are you going to? I mean, you're not going the D tackle from Georgia, are you? Jordan Absolutely. Davis? Absolutely. He's the best defensive player in the country. Kenneth is the best offensive player in the country. That's a flame and a hot D-tackle take. D tackle is never going to win the Heisman. Oh, I'm <laughs> not saying he's going to, but if the Heisman wasn't just a quarterback award, 
Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud has a better chance to win it. Um, I would say Bryce Young has a better chance to win it. But I do I do see where you go. I was wondering if you were going to try the, and it, no. say that Young was a Tucker recruit because Tucker was at Alabama. And I was like, eh, he was, no. he was on defense as yeah. the D-backs coach. No, but if, if the Heisman was what it was supposed to be when it was created, which is the best player in college football, and the best player that helps their team succeed, it would be those two. I can I can get behind it. All right. One last, two last things, I guess, I put on this Purdue recap that we haven't touched on. Keon Coleman season, question mark. If Naylor can't go, do we see some more Keon Coleman this week? They burned his red shirt already. He's appeared in six games. Do we see some more of the uber-athletic freshman? I think so. Um, but I'm mostly, you know, I've been saying this for weeks, but I'm I'm still waiting for a big breakout game for Trey Mosley. Um, and he had two touchdowns this weekend. No, I, know, I mean like 150 receiving yards type game, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it, it feels like it's bound to happen. I mean, he, he comes up clutch with these big plays, but he's definitely someone that can um, that can get in the mix and be the best receiver on the field um, for – for any contest um but uh but yeah it'll be i'm interested to see uh what they do with keon everything's still in front of them what now i mean you gotta win you gotta win those games um you've got big games coming up maryland you need to you need to beat maryland if you want any chance to do anything you gotta beat maryland but from there Going down to Columbus, everything's still on the line. You win at Columbus, you're staring down a Big Ten championship berth and a potential playoff berth. But you got to win those games. Yeah, you got to beat the Buckeyes, no doubt. Um, I got a quick question for you. Has Ricky White dressed in any football games this year? No. Ricky White is, according to Mel Tucker, not with the program right now. Not participating in activities. Gotcha. He's so I saw he's still on the roster. That's why I, I was wondering. He made a he posted something on Twitter yesterday yeah. that made me think about I because at first I always assumed that he was gonna transfer out after yeah. this. Um Tucker hasn't given any like actual like concrete updates on like what's yeah. happening with him. He, yeah, no he said he wasn't in... with the team, um, was his statement back in August, and since then he has just said he no updates at this time. No updates at this time. Gotcha. Um, and so, but he posted something on Twitter that said, "Minor setback, major comeback, MSU, MSU football." Yeah, and, and I was Spartan, just like, "Spartan dog for life." Yeah, that doesn't look like sound like something for somebody that's going to transfer out. No, not at all. But just kind of hitting on that. I mean, he's talking about a big Trey Mosley game. We saw him have a big game, and no one knew his name before Michigan last year. Well, and he didn't really do much after Michigan last year either. No, so. but so does that bring someone like Lockett? Maybe you see him get some more playing time. He didn't Foster. get Foster. I think it's going to be Foster. Say Lockett didn't get a single snap against Purdue, which I kind of thought was crazy. I was surprised because he was warming up as the number three wide receiver, but Montori Foster um, got the start and got the majority. And when of Naylor's snaps. there, he gets more. He has had more playing time than when he got when Naylor hasn't been there. So. Yeah, I think that more has to do with what games they were and the fact that, unlike Purdue, they weren't losing. That is fair. Um, that is fair. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. Any final thoughts on that Purdue game, Champ, before we move forward? Um, nothing uh, Nothing positive. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Your mother taught you well. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. All right, moving on to Big Ten Talk. Just going through quickly some games from last week. You guys can give your takes on anything, and then we can get into our favorite segment that Sloak probably knows nothing about, so we'll put him on the hot seat in a minute. But Ohio State squeaking by Nebraska. Tough, tough game. They didn't look good at all. I saw it. was so funny. I saw a thing from the, oh, it was on Twitter, and it said, Adrian Martinez. Come on, guys. Let's do this. And then it was the Nebraska defense, and it was from Fresh Prince, and it was, we? And he's just dying laughing. We? And it was just killing me because Nebraska's defense played so well, and our offense is just bad. Um, Michigan dominated Indiana 29-7. to 
Illinois upsetting Minnesota. Champ picked that one. I don't know if he picked him outright or not, but he did pick that they'd cover. Uh, yeah, just that they'd cover. <laughs> well, take credit for your win. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin is hotter than the sun right now. They beat Rutgers 52-3. to They came out of nowhere. Iowa survived Northwestern, but I think the field storming at Kinnick after they beat Penn State just broke Iowa. I don't know what's happened to them, but they are struggling. And Penn State knocked off Maryland 31-14. to So now we move into the SRZ. This week, it's the SRZ Cam Newton Offensive Player of the Week. <laughs> Shout out, Stearns. We like to name these different things each week. Oh, I forgot to name the Defensive Player of the Week. All right. We'll come up with something off the top of our heads. But my Cam Newton Offensive Player of the Week is Aiden O'Connell. 536 yards. I'm going to take the cop-out answer because I made the dock this time. So that's just how we're doing this. Uh, Champ, you want to go first to give Slowick at least a half a second to think of who he's going to say? Yeah. Um, my pick here, I have to pull back up. Um, if you have one, Slowick, off the top of your head at the moment, you can go for it. Um, Sorry, I had it. I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> this tells you how much they told me as a guest. I had no clue this segment was a thing. So I'm over here searching for players who had nice weeks. Um, if you listen to this podcast a lot, anybody out there that does knows that for me, there's like no in between. I mean, I either take it super seriously or I take it like I'm kind of the same so way. sarcastically. Like one time, the week that Maryland played Iowa, my offensive player of the week was. Or my defensive player of the week was Talia Tungavailoa because okay. he threw five interceptions. That makes sense. And he that was my defensive sense. player of the week. Um, so, yeah, it's all over the place. I, I took it more seriously this week. It's all the powerhouse frame unit of the You've week. You've got the pronunciation down now. You used to just call him to his bro- little brother. But... <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to butcher it was my big thing. All right, I'll take, I'll take a super cop-out answer here. I'm going to go, even after the loss, I'm still riding with my dog, Kenneth Walker. 140, 143 yards, 103 yards in the, or 146, right, rushing. One, 103 in the first half. Only saw the ball five times in the second half. I think Jay Johnson just forgot that he had the best player in college football. Um, but still one house call, lots of yards. Still should be the Heisman winner. And once again, impressing fans who somehow don't still don't know who this guy is. I'd say that's a good pick. Um, my my Cam Newton player of the week is uh, North Carolina running back Ty Chandler, two hundred thirteen rushing yards and four touchdowns, um, average nearly ten yards for rushing per play. Um, just a all-around standout performance from him and, and North Carolina's win over Wake Forest. That just gave me the idea. This is the SRZ UNC Wake Forest Defensive Player of the Week since absolutely no defense was played in that game, 58-55. <laughs> to 55. Uh, Mine is Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd was at or is a linebacker for Utah and had a really, really strong game. Nine defensive stops himself, a pick six, and just a really strong game for him in a week that there was a lot of blowouts or a lot of really high-scoring games and not too many great defensive performances. So I went with Devin Lloyd. Nice. Um, my uh, my pick would be Alabama linebacker Will Anderson. Um, he had eight tackles, one and a half sacks uh, against LSU. And uh, the tide are... They're rolling. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scary thing when that team gets going. Um, Any day really... that Alabama loses a game, it's a good day for me. Oh, it's a good day for I would have to go with, I'd say probably 95% of the country. <laughs> um, so once again, I am going to. Quick shout out to Nathan Stearns, who's outside the studio right now. And Luke Sloan smiling, walking around, just having a great time. Yeah. All right. I am going to ride with another Spartan here. Um, As you can see, I was in the studio for most of the game, so I only got to watch like three games. Um, And on the spot, one guy who just caught my eye right off the bat is going to be Darius Snow, coming in with 13 total tackles, 11 solos, two assists. A one and a half tackle for lost. 
the guy can tackle in open fields with the best of them. Um, still a young guy, not even 21 years old yet, and he can really ball as a sophomore from Texas. Um, he's got some Spartan blood in his family as well, so I'm going to roll with Darius Snow. All right, last goes to the Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame Unit of the Week. Slowick, in case you don't know, Joey Ellis is not dead. We don't know why we put that, or that was the way that that was named, but it is, and we are not changing it. We've left it that way. So, I like it. Joey, if you're listening, thank you. I don't know why we're thanking you for it, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, so for me, this is my rant time. I built in this rant. I'm not going to explode like the volcano that is Nathan Stearns, but the college football playoff committee is a joke. There is no, <laughs> as Nathan Stearns looks at the window and smiles at us, there is no way around it the playoff committee continued to say head to head head to head head to head matters and it matters everywhere in the rankings but with michigan state and michigan it doesn't make any sense to me gary barta the chairman of the committee came out and said that there were conversations last week about michigan being ahead of michigan state before michigan state had lost after michigan state had beat michigan there were conversations about that are you kidding me you all talk all you want about everything going on in that game. The two teams have an identical record, 8-1. and one. The two teams played less than two weeks ago. 9.2 million people saw Michigan State beat Michigan. Saw Kenneth Walker run for 197 yards and five touchdowns. And somehow, Michigan is clearly the better team. If they're clearly the better team, why didn't they win the football game? And this is not even being a Michigan State student radio-oriented podcast. And this is you saw it from analysts all over the country. This is just inconsistency. Because if you want to rank Michigan over Michigan State, weird but okay, then why is Ohio State not ahead of Oregon? Exactly. Can you I, can't can do I it both ways. Can I touch on that one? Yes, you can. So, yeah, I mean— and our, sure, you can make whatever argument you want for putting Michigan ahead of Michigan State, but like Zach just said, you cannot contradict yourself by putting Oregon ahead of Ohio State. And not only that, they played in week two. This game was, like Zach said, less than two weeks ago. Oregon and Ohio State played in week two. Also, if you look at Oregon's record, Ohio State was their only ranked win. You know, not to uh, put Oregon down, they they had a great season, but I mean... If you're comparing them... Their resume isn't great. Right. If you're comparing them to Michigan State, Michigan State's beaten two uh, ranked opponents. And Oregon lost to Stanford. Stanford's nowhere near What did Stanford do this week? Contention. Oh, yeah. They'd lost by 50 to Utah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. It, it just... It's extremely... Yes, we're a Michigan State student radio... But if I was a student at Ohio State, I would be freaking out on how they are not three and Oregon is two. At least Michigan State lost a, a, a good football program. There's no getting around it. The Boilermakers are ranked right now. Yep. And every poll you see, they're ranked. Not the AP poll. Not AP. They're not they, in the AP. They the most. Oh, the most not. So the they're, 20, votes. they're 26. So college football but they're playoff. 19. Yeah, because they have beaten a number two team and a number three team. So they can ball, and I wouldn't be surprised if they could give OSU a little bit of trouble. That's yeah, what I'm looking for that's that's not good. If the I titled our doc "Spoiler Maker Strike Again," but I'm hoping they don't against Ohio State. And here's my reasoning for it: if they beat Ohio State, that means that only Michigan State and Michigan are left in the running to make the playoff out of the Big Ten. Because the two-loss team's not going to get in. And you're saying so it's going to come down to the same argument? And it's also going to make, well, potentially, but it's also going to really make Ohio State mad before that Michigan State game and the Michigan game. Ohio State wins both those games. All of a sudden, there's no Big Ten teams in the playoff. So I got I got one for you guys, too, really quick. So if Michigan State and Michigan both win out, which it's going to be an extremely steep thing to, to go through, but if they both win out, and MSU loses in the Big Ten championship game, does that mean Michigan gets in? 
with one win and not playing in the Big Ten championship game over Michigan State? Neither team gets in at that point. I don't think. Uh, I mean, maybe Michigan a, gets in. A 9-1 and one Michigan who didn't play in the Big Ten 11 championship. And one. They'd be 11-1 on the season. But I don't think so. But I think it depends on what else happens. Michigan State's definitely not in with another loss. But You're saying if they, oh, if they okay. lose in the Big Ten championship game. Okay. Yeah. I think it comes down to more of if you have Michigan State and Michigan both 10-2. and two, I think what this just kind of clearly shows, and I said this to Champion and Stearns on the bus ride back, um, bus ride, on the car ride back from West Lafayette, if both teams are 10-2, and two, Michigan will make the Rose Bowl over Michigan State. No doubt. Even though Michigan State beat Michigan head-to-head. And that's what's going to— Right. And it's, it's the brand, and it's the money, and that gives them that spot. And also, Michigan's a very good football team. Don't get me wrong. That game in East Lansing a couple weeks ago was a phenomenal game. It was two heavyweights throwing punch after punch after punch. And Michigan State came out on top. I don't understand why the committee seems to think that Michigan State is a fluke. And Michigan's not in that case. I don't think either team is a fluke. We've I think played it's the a same phenomenal. Exa- we played the same exact schedule. Yeah, I think it's I think that both teams have been very, very strong, and I think it's been a phenomenal season for both squads. All right. Now we're gonna move into this Maryland preview for about ten or fifteen gotta, minutes. We gotta give our powerhouse. Oh yeah, that's right. We all ranted about the committee. I was thinking <laughs> that it was all of ours. That's a good point. I'll give you mine right now. Uh, mine is Mr. Rocky Lombardi. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Big time dub for Northern Illinois last night. He threw for 264 passing yards and one touchdown. Um, obviously, not a not a huge game, but for Rocky Lombardi, pretty good. Uh, and, of course, we like to see it as, as Michigan State students. We like to see our, our former players thrive. I know if if this was the green and white, I'd be giving mine to Foster Lawyer uh, because oh, he, yes, sir. he also yes. went crazy for yeah. Davidson. You can give him that. It doesn't have to be football related. Anybody. Anybody. Football related, I'm going to have to give it to the Wisconsin offense. Who knew they knew how to play football still? You sure you don't mean the Rutgers defense? No, I mean the Wisconsin offense. All right. Um, I really thought they were an extremely bad football team for a long time, and I still don't think they're a very good football team. Uh, but Minnesota just lost to Illinois. Um, Purdue just beat Michigan State. So that Big Ten West is really open, um, and I think it will be – I mean, Iowa can't win a game right now. So or if they do, it's by five against Northwestern. And Northwestern had the football in the final two minutes with a chance to win it. And then everybody was like, oh, Northwestern might win this game, and they immediately threw a pick. Yeah, so I don't know. That Big Ten West, I think, is just insanely open, as it is with the East. But the the East, as always, or as normally, is still running through Ohio State. Um, if Ohio State wins, beats Michigan and Michigan State, they're in. If they don't, they're not. So, And it all gets sorted out with the playoff committee, and that's kind of what I was talking about with that. It's just... It just doesn't make sense to me. But now moving into the Maryland preview, and the one thing that no one in a Michigan State uniform wants to hear, I'll give you guys one guess who is leading the Big Ten in passing yards. Talia Tungavailoa. Lil Tua. (laughs) Michigan State. Here's another stat for you. Dead last in the country in passing defense. 130th out of 130 teams. They are going to need to, Tucker said it. They said they need to make changes because there has to be a better result. They need to make changes. Or Tonga Bailoa is going to put up 50. The good thing for Michigan State is, they might put up 60. This Maryland defense is bad. This is not a good defense at all for Maryland. And Peyton Thorne might have himself a day too. Because the second worst passing defense in the Big Ten is Maryland. And so, in terms of passing offenses per game, Maryland is third behind Ohio State and Purdue. This is a game where, I guess, we can all go around and give our keys to the game in this one. But for me, I think the big key is going to have to be stopping that passing offense, figuring out some sort of defense 
Because you can't continue to run the soft coverage and not get a pass rush. If you Soft coverage only works if you are getting to the quarterback. It doesn't work if you let him sit back all day, which is what they've done the last two weeks. So that, and then a heavy diet of Kenneth Walker. You have to allow Kenneth Walker to really pound it. Maryland averages giving up 153 rushing yards a game. That's good for bottom three in the Big Ten. The only two teams worse, Rutgers and Northwestern. Kenneth Walker had over 200 yards rushing against both Rutgers and Northwestern. They're going to need him to do that again. And that's my keys to the game. Champ, you can go ahead. Yeah, um, when you look at this, it, it gives you similar vibes to kind of how you would would have felt going into Purdue in that you know their, their strengths are Michigan State's State's weaknesses and vice versa in a lot of areas. Um, I mean, in terms of Maryland's passing game, um, and I'm just I'm going to say Tua's brother because my pronunciation is horrific. Talia? Uh, Talia. Uh, sure, I'll say Talia. Something like that. Talia. Uh, Talia. Um, he's had he's had a very good season. Uh, has played has had some great outings these past few weeks, um, and. You know, as as this season has shown, it's almost inevitable that he should at least throw for 200 <laughs> passing yards. Um, but then you look at a couple of weeks ago when uh, when Maryland played Indiana and they uh, they gave up 204 rushing yards. So, um, you know, that's where Kenneth Walker comes into play and that's where he could um, have another big time performance to add to his Heisman highlight reel. But. Um, I think, you know, you, it's it's not uh, a certainty that you're going to get a strong performance from the secondary. It never is um, with this Michigan State team, as as we clearly saw last week. But um, that means uh, the the defensive line needs to uh, really needs to show out this game. Um, need to put a lot of pressure on Talia and just wreck havoc on um on his on his vision and his uh capability to uh maneuver in the pocket. So yeah, I'm gonna kinda piggyback off Aiden here. Um pass rush is gonna be huge, just absolutely huge. Um I would really like to see Michigan State send six all day and tip and play five tight and just get to them and smoke them and smoke them and smoke them, at least until they're tired, and then they can sit back on that tight. But you see Michigan State has, um, up until last week, amazing red zone defense, amazing red zone defense. That's exactly what they do. They send five or six. They play man with one of the best safeties in college football, if not the best safety in college football over top, and he sits there and he reads and reads the quarterback eyes, and then he takes off. Um, we're going to need to see a big game because at this point, I think saying like, oh, we need better play from our corners. Well, I think you just have to be kind of realistic and figure out our corners aren't very good. So maybe we focus more on the pass rush and getting pressure on the quarterback. So he doesn't have time to throw the ball all the way down the field or pick us apart and take away those. We can't be given 12 yard hitches every single play. So just march right down the field. So I think the pass rush is going to be the difference. And then, yeah, like everyone said, Kenneth Walker is the difference maker on this team. Hopefully we see Naylor getting better, and hopefully he's at least back from Ohio State, even if he has to sit out this week. Um, but Reed, Trey Mosley, uh, Foster, hopefully guys like that can have a big week. All right. That game is at 4 o'clock. Spartan Red Zone pregame show will go live at 3.30 it's myself and Nathan Stearns on the call from Spartan Stadium. Now we get into the meat of the show, the pick'em. The best part. That's what everybody comes for. Zach Slowick, you are the celebrity guest picker today. But I'm making this executive decision now. If Nathan Stearns doesn't get on the dock and make his picks, Slowick's picks go to Stearns. I'll take it. So if you're getting Stearns back from last week when he was starting to. He was threatening me, but I got on and I made my picks. If he doesn't get on and make his, 
He gets Slowik's picks, and Slowik told me he's going for some upsets. So I, I will be smashing some upsets. So Stearns is going to have some bold... Uh, now that I'm picking for Stearns, one of the upsets isn't going to be... I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to take him, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, first game we've got is Fox's big noon kickoff for the week. I'm going to go with my little, like, backstage producer voice to announce the picks. Number eight, Oklahoma. At number 12, Baylor, five-and-a-half-point spread to Oklahoma. Champion, you're up first. Give me Oklahoma to cover. Um, I think they're pissed about where they are in this uh, college football early uh, ranking. Um, I think I think they really want to capitalize on making a case for, for their spot in, uh, in contention for the playoff spot, so... This is certainly the opportunity to do so against top uh, top fifteen team on the road, and uh, I think uh, I think they should win by at least a touchdown. I'm gonna have to jump on that horns down all the way. Um, <laughs> love myself some boomer sooner. Um, I'm not gonna lie, this is a screaming hot take. I am a Spencer Rattler fan, um, which is kind of crazy. But Baylor always seems to have Oklahoma's number, but. I just don't think this year. I think they're mad. I think this right here could get them at least top five, top six, because um, it's like their first quality game, and we won't really, we still haven't really seen them play a good team. Um, so we'll see what Caleb wants to do and if he wants to show out. But I am going to take Oklahoma covering against Baylor. I'm going to agree with you. I think that Oklahoma wins this game. Baylor still being 12 after. Dropping that game to TCU kind of surprises me. Because they did drop that game to TCU, yeah, right? I'm yeah. not, like, just making that up in my head. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah, that doesn't really... Actually, they're 13. I'm sorry. They dropped one spot. But Oklahoma wins this game. I like what Caleb Williams has done since taking over there. And I think that the Sooners are going to pick up a win in a big spot, pick up their first signature win, and potentially move up in the polls next week. Now we move into a game that I think Slowick might be picking an upset based on what he said earlier. The sixth-ranked Michigan Wolverines on the road in Happy Valley taking on Penn State. One-and-a-half-point favorites are the Wolverines. I'll go first on this one. Give me Michigan. Penn State's very good. And as much as I would see great joy in the committee's face or getting the committee getting it thrown right back in their faces— I don't think that happens. This is a very good Michigan team. I'm taking the Wolverines on the road. Give me Penn State. Um, I think, uh, obviously, there's no doubt that this is going to be a very hostile environment uh, on the road. And, you know, Michigan had a very comfortable win against Indiana, but they're also a little banged up. Um, It's late in the season. I think they're going to... Come in a little too content, uh, having played a much inferior opponent. Um, so uh, I, uh, I'm calling for the upset alert as well. I am smashing the Nittany Lions outright. I'm bleeding blue and white this weekend, out, out of half of my body at least, and green and white out of the other half. I am absolutely dominating. I would put my house on Penn State, not just because I hate Michigan, but because I love me some Nittany Lions, except their mascot is extremely ugly, Inspire you would dominate him. He's not as creepy as Boiler Pete. No. Uh, no. Uh, wait, which one do you guys like? Rutgers? Uh, or which one was it? Wasn't it Western Kentucky? Oh, you guys were loving on a mascot one game. It could have been Western Kentucky. It was well, like know, a little red I, dude. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that Western that was, Kentucky? That was yeah. him, yeah, with Western Kentucky. Yeah. It's literally just like a red circle. Like it's like, it's Mc- like Grimace McDonald's. from McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> but right. yeah, smash Nittany Lions. All right, I'm alone with Michigan in this one. We'll see if Stearns gets on, but I've got a feeling Stearns would not be picking, as he would call it, Captain Khakis, with the Wolverines here. Next game, number eleven, Texas A&M on the road to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. The Aggies are two and a half point favorites. You're sending it to me. Let's do it. I am going. To go the Johnny Manziel way, 
I'm going. I will. You do know Johnny Manziel hasn't been in college for like eight years, right? (laughs) Absolutely, but Johnny Football still loves him some Texas A&M. And uh, I'm going to smash him. I don't think Matt Corral's that good. I think him getting compared to Kenneth Walker with the same odds for Heisman after like Kenneth Walker is clearly better. And yes, I have bias. No, I do not care. But uh, A&M did beat Bama. So they're they're the real deal. And uh, I love me some burgundy white high school colors. So got to stick with any of those colors that I see. All right. Um, for not much rhyme or reason, give me Ole Miss. Um, just looking at it. Uh, you just got to make up some games in the standings. <laughs> yeah. Um, A&M's on the road. It's top 15 matchup. And that line just, in that uh, circumstance, that line seems a little close. So um, give me Ole Miss to... I- cover i'm getting my conspiracy ready a&m's gonna win this game and a&m's gonna win out alabama's gonna lose in the iron bowl to auburn alabama will not make the sec championship if that happens because a&m has the tiebreaker so give me texas a&m to cover minus two and a half on the road a&m georgia no you're predicting for the championship sec championship yes and georgia will win by a bajillion because oh, it's 70 georgia. 70 but- plus <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> anyways, next game, the spoiler makers. Are they at it again? Number 19, Purdue on the road at the shoe, taking on Ohio State. 21 point favorites are the Buckeyes at home. Purdue's covering. No chance. <laughs> There's just no chance at 21. Ohio State's a very, very, very good football program. Do not get me wrong, but that spread is insane. You're telling me they're three touchdowns better than Purdue? I don't believe it. Um, do I think their quarterback's going to throw for another 500-yard game? Absolutely not. I Ohio hope he throws for 600. Ohio State's corners actually know how to cover, and they don't just run a soft zone, which I sound like I'm smashing MSU's corners. I love our corners. They're great guys and super nice people, but the, the whatever the situation they're getting put in is not working at all. I think Ohio State's going to have a little bit better. I do think Ohio State will end up winning, but I am going to pick Purdue covering. I'm going to join you. Um, I don't think it's particularly close, but I don't think it's a three-touchdown win. Um, I think that David Bell has a knack for playing well in big games, as he did against Michigan State, 217 receiving yards on 11 catches and two touchdowns. But I think that I think that Ohio State is going to win this game comfortably. I just don't think it'll be by more than 21. Yeah, I mean, you guys basically said it. Um, I also have Purdue covering. Uh, it definitely is fun to talk about the potential upset, but I just I don't think Ohio State is, uh, is to be in that conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just I think that line is uh, a little too large, and... I think Purdue should put up a decent fight, and I think they'll be they'll still be uh, you know feeling hot after after this win over Michigan State. So I think they'll carry that over. Two more picks for us today. This one down in the ACC, number sixteen, NC State, two point underdogs at number twelve, Wake Forest. I'll go first on this one. I'm taking Wake. I like what Wake Forest does offensively. They don't have a defense. Nobody's accused them of playing any defense. They gave up 56 points to Army. But I don't think NC State has the offense to hang with them like UNC did with Sam Howell. So give me Wake Forest in a shootout. Uh, Give give me Wake Forest as well. Um, Again, uh, I don't really have much reason behind it, but... uh, just, you know, sometimes uh, those are the best picks. Yeah, when you go with your gut and just uh, you don't have much to back it. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I think on this one, I'm gonna hop on NC State. Um, after after losing that undefeatedness, and I feel like you just, undefeatedness. That's a wonderful mm, word. It's a new word. It's definitely not a word. <laughs> but after not like losing your first game of the year, morale is extremely low, and you answer two ways. One, you come out furious that you lost to you curl up and die like Iowa. Um, so I, I, I mean, I hope, I hope Wake Forest, um, 
gets up and they want to fight and kick the snot out of NC State. Uh, but I am going to take NC State in this one. Really? All right. Slowick is the difference maker on that one. Now we move into the final pick of the day. You guys all know what this one is. It's our game. Stearns and I will be on the call for it. Maryland, 13-point underdogs, visiting East Lansing at Spartan Stadium. I'm going to hold off and go last on this one. I'm going to let Champion go first. Um, I'm going to say we're going to see more of the same this week um, in terms of um, the the big-time passing performances uh, that we see in every single one of Michigan State's opponents every week. Um, I think it'll be another bend-but-don't-break type of game. Um, but uh, I, I, I'd say I, I'm envisioning a 10-point win uh, for Michigan State. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Um, so give me Maryland a cover. Slowick? It's physically impossible for me to bet against the dogs. Um, even when they're terrible, I always, uh, I'll always dabble a little bit with them. And that's, a, I mean, that's a lot of points. 13 is a lot of points, um, for a team with a defense as sketchy as Michigan State's at home though, wearing the ugly neons. I don't think it's going to be half a night game. If, if you really think about it as well, uh, yeah. cause daylight savings getting us dark here at six. So come halftime, the lights will be on. It'll be a dark one. Snow, it's not supposed to snow anymore until Sunday, so it should be good. Um, but it is possible rain, though, and possibly low or into the mid 30s. Well, if it rains, Michigan State will win by 40. Um, but I'm gonna hope for rain, and I'm gonna take Michigan State to cover here. This game will tell us how Michigan State responds the rest of the season. This game will show where Michigan State's at mentally after that loss, as Slowick touched on with Wake Forest. Give me the Spartans here. By a good margin. I think this Michigan State team is going to come out and they're going to play really well. I think Michigan State will not win a close game against Maryland. I think they will either dominate this game or they will lose this game. And I don't really think there's going to be much of it in between. Now, that might have just guaranteed like a three-point win, but because I'm very not good when I make predictions sometimes. But point remains, I've got the Spartans big. I think that this is a game where they have more talent. Maryland's a little banged up. And Michigan State needs this game a lot. Maryland is one win from bowl eligibility. This would be a big win for them. They still have Rutgers on the schedule, though. And that, I think, is going to be their sixth win. So I don't think this is a game where if they don't win it, they're not going to make the bowl game. I think that Michigan State wins this game big, and that's my thoughts on the subject. All right. I like it. I like it. Update on the standings. I didn't do that before this, did I? Standing update? I don't think I did. No. Aiden and Nathan are both tied at 19 and 23, and I am surprisingly still clinging to my lead. I'm at 23 and 19 going into this week's picks. That's all for us here today from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing. As I said before, Spartan Red Zone pregame show on Saturday from Spartan Stadium starting at 3.30. You can catch myself and Nathan Stearns on the pregame show and on the call of Michigan State versus Maryland at 4. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Spartan Red Zone podcast on Impact 89 FM.